Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto-scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2? No problem. Holidays? Flash sales? No problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk-free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex, the leader of tax technology solutions and services for corporations worldwide. They're a Magento premier partner trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. Hey, welcome to Mage Talk, a Magento Community Podcast. I'm Kalen. And Zilla. And <laughs> we're going to... I promised I wasn't going to ra- yeah. do the radio voice at all. We are not going to do cheesy radio voice. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I'm really friend? good. I'm freaking awesome. Uh, things have been nice, really good. Man. Other than your bike breaking. Oh my gosh. That's a whole other thing. The whole other deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm, pay- yeah. I'm too powerful. I'm too powerful oh, too for the strong. bike that I bought. Yeah. Too strong. That's the too problem. Strong. Yeah. I heard. I I hear you, bro. Yeah. I, hear I, you, bro. I have to ride that broken bike home too. I, I got it fixed up. I think <laughs> I can get it home. Uh, but for those who don't know, I broke my bike on the way in and I posted I, it on Instagram. I feel like there's a very strong analogy between I gotta ride that broken bike home and the segment on M1. The magenta one <laughs> thing that's coming up here. Uh, man, my 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 boy in the first minute here is uh is foreshadowing our coming interview. That's pretty good. Yeah. You're like, you're a broadcaster. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You know what you're doing. My, yeah. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm my, you're making content. I, I'm, 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 I'm working on my segues. You know, I put in, I put in reps every day. I practice three random segues. You do actually. Like I'm at the gym. Do. I do five squats. And then five by in five. between squats, I practice three random segues. Three segues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of squats, if you don't know squat about Mage One, oh, you will in a little bit. Very good. Very uh, good. Yeah, you will. You will. Because uh, we have uh, Rico Neitzel, which I learned how to pronounce in the midst of our show, and Fabian Blech- Blechschmidt, uh, who will be on in just a bit to talk about the Mage One project. Uh, but before we do... Uh, uh, what is Jordan's law? What is Kalen Jordan's law of email? Jordan's again? law Remind of me analytics what that is. is that all oh. analytics software eventually becomes email marketing software. And I, I, okay. I see where and- you're going with that. And I feel like <laughs> the Shopify email thing could possibly fit into that category, kind of. A little bit. I mean, it does have some analytics. Kind of. Shopify does have some analytics. But yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, uh, make propose uh Kuttner's law okay. Yoav Kuttner's law which would be all platforms eventually evolve to cannibalize their own ecosystem <laughs> nice. um which is I I'm only crediting uh Magento co-founder Yoav Kuttner with that because I don't want that tied to my name <laughs> so I'm giving it away to nice. someone else who created another platform which cannibalized its own ecosystem nice. so <laughs> yeah it's so it's- <laughs> and and I like Roy Rubin too much to do yeah, that to him. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Yoav because Yoav has strong shoulders. He can bear the weight. 
He does. He does. He does. Very he strong, strong shoulders on that yeah, guy. Yeah, stiff upper lip <laughs> and a solid jaw. He could take. <laughs> he could take a punch. He could take um, a punch. That guy. So if you've been living under a rock and haven't checked Twitter, uh, Shopify launched a uh, project, a, a a functionality that they call Shopify Email, and they're basically getting into email marketing. And um, how is this relevant to the Magento community? You ask. It's and not. Not. And that's the world that we all live in now is that we just talk about whatever we want on Mage Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is interesting to look at. I mean, we've observed the great bundling, the great uh, the great ongoing <laughs> bundling in the Magento community and how yeah. you know certain vendors have been happy and unhappy about that. And it's it's the same dynamics you see played out in the in the Shopify ecosystem. It's it was fun. It was funny to kind of see some different tweets where some people were like, "Oh no no no, this is just for you know the basic merchants. You know this is not going to cannibalize any of the mid market merchants." And then other people were yeah. saying, "Well, definitely you know, no, that'll, that'll never yeah. happen." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and then of course the partners are more likely to kind of toe the, the company line, you know, and then the independent guys are like ah this is horrible and they're just like you know it's isn't it funny it's like it doesn't matter what platform it is it, it, it you get the same yeah. exact reactions it doesn't matter the ecosystem it doesn't matter the platform it doesn't matter like you can find the exact same conversation happening pretty much yeah. everywhere it's all just the time. human nature and um i think that um i think i saw some some tweets from you on it as well where you were like saying that um you know yeah, sure. The the functionality is basic right now, but let's fast forward five years and where do you yeah. see this going? And it's like, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, platforms cannibalizing their ecosystems is um it's it's I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing from uh, it sort of has to happen. Products have to evolve. Any piece of technology has to add features, right? It just does. Yeah. And yeah. at, or it has to, or it has to go back to old features and revamp them, or it has to trim them, or it ha- it has to do something. You can't just build it once and never touch it yeah, again. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so it, you know, right. and, I mean, you know, you rebuilt Commerce Hero like five yeah, times. Absolutely, absolutely, right? um, totally. But uh, nothing but craftsmanship there. But if um, <laughs> you know, if, if you have, if you are a platform company, you have an ecosystem around you. Building a new feature means cannibalizing uh that piece of the ecosystem yeah um and and it's it's never a black and white you know it's um you know it's always gray right like 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 um there may not be hardly any uh uh, overlap with you know existing email solutions day one or year one or year three but you know eventually things are going to move in that direction um and um, it was interesting. I got some 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 tweets from a few people that um, big commerce is really kind of positioning themselves as like the anti cannibalization uh, platform. Well, That's the first time I heard that. Yeah, phrase. give it, give it, but, give it enough. I mean, big commerce is positioning themselves as anything that has any relevance in this world whatsoever. That's what they're doing. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, 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 you want to? Oh, <laughs> Shopify's bad. They're do- oh, we're not bad. They're, they we're are good. not afraid to contrast themselves with uh, with other products. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, I will I say, know. I will. You know, real practical uh, thing to point to is their PWA uh, partnership with uh, Deity, 
Um, you know, I could yeah. imagine them building their own native PWA. I mean, they have front end chops, sure. um, arguably sure. more so than Magento, right? Because they, you know, they're, they're a SAS and whatnot, but, um, let's say this whole PWA yeah. thing pans out. Let's say that five years from now, everybody has then their own PWA, it. right? <laughs> Yeah, they'll cannibalize it. What do you think? They're right. going to let some other third party that they don't control just own their entire ecosystem right. development, you know, right, best right, practices right. and, you know, playbook? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, then then there'll be the We can Cannibalize yeah. Things company. Yeah. That's, cause that's what our customers are asking yeah. for, Jalen. Exactly. Um, they want it. And, and you, you actually mentioned this not too long ago about sort of the, the magic quadrant, like things being driven yeah. by the magic quadrant. Right, and I think that this is a good example of the kind of thing that you might have been able to chalk. I'm, I'm ta- talking back again about the mm-hmm. Shopify email uh, piece. This might be the kind of thing that I would have chalked up to if it were any other platform. I would have chalked up to well, you have to check a box that there's mm-hmm. a first class feature mm-hmm. somewhere that mm-hmm. does something right, um, and you know somebody could have probably explained it away. Well. Uh, Shopify does transactionals like it has to mm-hmm. it's an email like, mm-hmm. they have to send email it's yeah. an e-commerce platform right that's um so this is a natural extension and you have to do it uh people want it uh but Shopify doesn't give two flying craps about any of that kind of stuff so uh this is just blatantly hey we're you know this is a great opportunity for us to own our audience and the thing that I had said on Twitter was there you the only audiences that you truly own are in in the digital world are your email list yep. and your website. Yep. That's it. And so you, you can control what goes on your website and you can control what goes over email to your mm-hmm. customers. That's what you own. Everything else is at some other person's discretion to mm-hmm. apply an algorithm to, to like, you know, throttle to your organic reaches, you know, always at the mercy of Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and LinkedIn, and you know they'll show people what they feel like showing when they feel like showing it. And you know what? A lot of yeah. times you can control that by paying them. Uh, shocker. So you, you only own those things. Well, guess what? You know what? Shopify yeah. wants to own their audience too, right? And and owning their audience means, hey, maybe we take this vital thing that everybody needs. Everybody, yeah. everybody needs email yeah. marketing, and let's own that. And can you really blame them? Because you kind of you kind of can sympathize because that's how we all think about owning our audience right. too. So yeah, know. totally. I mean, it, yeah. it it from that perspective, it it, it it all depends which which perspective you're looking at it from. If you're looking at it from the perspective of the vendor who's going to be now competing with Shopify, it's not fun. If you're looking at it from the perspective of the of the ten thousand foot view. Does it make sense for them to do as a company? Or better yet, what about the customer's perspective? Like, we got to look at this thing from the customer's The customer's happy because now there's another option for them, which... Uh, yeah, and, and someone who's coming in with nothing more than I'm going to send a newsletter once yeah. a month uh, might say, see this and be like, ah, yeah. this is fine. I get this. I just get this for free with right. my... Th- oh, fine. And that this might be a huge win that's going to net a number of yeah. merchants uh, and an additional four or five figures a month um, that they weren't doing just because they just weren't doing it. And, and maybe that's going to you know, do that for you know, tens of thousands of merchants. And that's a huge win. Um, you know, 
maybe this is maybe it's a good thing for a merchant. Maybe they say, "Hey, like I I want I want to understand the entirety of the customer's interaction. I want to know that when a customer opens an email, that they then go to the website and they purchase from me within yeah. ninety days, right? Like." Wouldn't it be good for them to be able to see all that data without having to cobble together a bunch of dashboards and try to figure it out with Google Analytics in the middle somewhere? And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of sympathize with the merchant and like maybe this is just a good thing for them. And, and then the other thing that happens in these dynamics is that you know some people can see this as a gateway drug to get onto the other email platform. So this might actually be a net win for the quote competing email products. Because, you know, it's going to be a real easy way for merchants to get a taste of, of doing some email. And then they're going to go, oh, I want to do some A-B testing. I want to do some segmenting. And they're going to go, oh, I got to use this, you know, so it might drive, it'll, it'll definitely drive some business to the email products. Um, so you never know exactly how yeah. these things are going to all play out in the end. Let, let, me, let me make a bold prediction, though. And this is how it fits back into Magento, right? Yeah. I think we're in... Uh, Shopify is in this like honeymoon phase with a lot of people, mm-hmm. including the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, everything seems really great right now, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy, mm-hmm. but you know they just celebrated their millionth store that you know they had this whole millionth store thing and they right. crashed the same day. Right. Um, right, right? They just went down because of uh, Jeffrey, uh, 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 what's his name, <laughs> the YouTuber. Um, star. Yeah. No. Is it Jeffrey star? Uh, Jeffrey star. Yeah. Jeffrey star. Uh, it just went down because of Jeffrey star and that whole launch. And, you know, they keep making news of not the, like, you know, of, of a different kind of variety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe this is where the tide starts to turn a little bit. And we saw this happen in the Magento world, right? We've seen this before. Uh, everything was very honeymoonish, and then it's like, oh wait, we're doing Magento shipping, and then you know, technology partners are like, what? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we're wait, we're going to do Magento payments, and payment vendors are like, uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, um, you know, oh hey, Adobe's buying us, and you know what? They have email and analytics now, and uh, and they have a A/B yeah. test tool. Uh, so thanks everybody for all you know your help getting to where we are. And you know what? Facebook went through this too. Right. Facebook, Twitter, you know, once upon a yeah. time was very dev friendly. Twitter was very yeah. dev friendly and it became very anti that and wanted to own the entire experience on their own platforms. And right. Yeah, it's kind of a, this is, this and is these how it things is. always happen at different rates. Like I would say yeah. Twitter's trans, you know, tr- Twitter's um, cannibalization was, was extremely rapid. Um, maybe Shopify's will be nice and slower and more gradual and maybe big commerce's it will be even slower. Um, and maybe there is some happy medium there where yeah. everybody can be I, perfectly happy <laughs> at the rate at which they or optimally happy at the rate at which they, they, the platform evolves. But feels like we really got to the bottom of this one. I feel like we, uh, we unpacked it all. Uh, anything else did. you want to talk about before uh, we get to our interview with uh, Rico and Fabian? Well, you know, while we're unpacking things, you know, there's always the meaning of life. I think we could probably knock that out real quick. Um, Give that another four or five minutes. Uh, no problem. How to parent uh, effectively. What else? Uh, a couple. Of, I really, uh, I really love the fact that we unapologetically for 14 minutes talked about Shopify at the beginning of our Magento podcast. This is great. This, this is. is really quality. It's a new, uh, it's a new, it's a new era. 
it's a new era. <laughs> We're unapologetically going into, into, uh, well, you know, one thing that I think is really important is this topic of Magento end of life. I, man, I cannot wait till this whole thing is behind us. I'm tired of this. Are you tired of end of life conversation? <laughs> so I'm so tired of it. It's funny because, um, well, this is a little bit of a spoiler. I won't say it cause it's a spoiler, but I will just say that your reaction to the conversation that we had, which we're now pre-recording, which, which you're now going to hear. I, I'm breaking the fourth wall here by accident. <laughs> you are, a but bit. Uh, uh, you asked for more info, though. But like, I was surprised by your reaction. I thought that you were going to be not at all sold by what they were yeah, selling. I was, I was surprised by my own reaction. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah, that. So, uh, and you will be surprised by my reaction as well. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I, how about this? Uh, we're going to, after the sponsor bump, uh, and we want you to pay t- attention to our sponsors cause they help make every episode of Mage Talk possible. Uh, and, and we, we love them. Thank you to, uh, Commerce Hero, Vertex and Mage Mojo for all your continued, continued support of Mage Talk over the years now that you've been uh, on board with us. We really appreciate that. Uh, so give our sponsors some love and make sure you hit them up, uh, listen to the sponsor bump. But after that, uh, Mage One the organization that is supporting and providing continued support for Magento uh, One into the foreseeable future. Uh, two two really awesome folks from Mage One are going to join us, uh, Rico Neitzel and Fabian Blechschmidt. Let's face it, Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by MageMojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto-scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O dot com slash magetalk. Thanks again to Mage Mojo for the continued support of Mage Talk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is a Magento premier partner, providing cloud and on-premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes, from recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, and Verizon to small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention Mage Talk to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. So we're now recording. Uh, Kaylin, any last words before we jump in? Oh, just an extremely sensitive private piece of information that I, I'm going to share here while we're... Yeah, I was no, going to say, I maybe I, I should stop anything. recording? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Oh, last thing, Philip, um, is are my levels yeah, okay? Yeah, you sound great. Mm. Okay. A cool. lot of testosterone. Very cool.
Okay. <laughs> a lot of testosterone. I dial down, dial Good. up the estrogen, dial down the testosterone. Okay, that's that's interesting because that's that's what my wife told me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cold open. We um, got it. <laughs> oh God! Please okay. no. Um, but time wise, Philip, are we doing thirty minutes? Or, yeah, 30, or 30, 35 yeah. minutes if we can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, I I I think thirty minutes will just be the explanation as to why we need Mage One, possibly. But we'll we'll see. All right, you ready? Here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento Community Podcast, and we're still going four years later. Uh, you know, everyone said that we'd never make it, and here we are. <laughs> Kalen. Here we are. We st- we're still here. We've come this far and uh, we have a couple of uh, exciting guests here on the show with us. That's it? You don't give me anything else other than that's they just roll right, right into right the interview? Sweet Lord. I'm rolling right in. I was trying to make it spicy. I was trying to, I was trying to spice it up. <laughs> that's all you do. You're just like, yep, yeah, we're still here. Here we go. And we're going to Fabian and say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. You know, one thing I was going to actually say, Rico and Fabian, before we got in, I was going to ask if we should try to pronounce last names or if we should just, because I know we do a horrible job of it. We should just keep it simple. Okay. No, 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 no. I want to try. I want to try. Okay, because I've been practicing for seven years. Uh, is it Fabian Blechschmidt? Perfect. Very good. Hey. Okay. And now this one's this one's tough. Rico Nitz, Rico Nitzel. Rico uh, Nitzel. Unfortunately, that, that's no. not. No. You see what? I, I just give you one hint. It's Nitzel. Nitzel. Okay. Almost perfect. Okay, that's, that's actually uh, if you say that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh well, I tried. I um, tried. Well, that was really fun. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Kaylin, can you set up why we by, have Rico and, yeah, and Fabian? Set this up real quick by way of an introduction. Both these guys are OGs in the Magento community. OG, that's a technical German term for people that have been doing things for a long Original time. Original gangster. <laughs> Fabian, I've uh, been doing PHP since 2004, joined the Magento community in 2011, uh, organized hackathons on conferences, yep. does a lot of talks, started Lizards and Pumpkins, which is a framework to speed up e-commerce catalog and mage, uh, e-commerce catalogs, and Mage One. So we're talking about Mage One today, which is a company to provide legacy support for Magento One starting in May 2020. And then, uh, and I am reading these introductions in case you. That's good. Case you yeah, it, it, it actually didn't sound that way until you said you were reading <laughs> until it. Until I said it, undercut yeah. yourself. Um, so yeah. Rico invented the global meat Magento brand together with Net Research back in 2009. Works as a consultant and trainer um, for and with Magento. Supports retailers in planning implementation of individual shops and agencies and further training of their own developers uh, and development of their cu- custom projects. So Rico does a ton of training. Um, and I didn't actually realize, Rico, that you invented the Meet Magento brand. I know you've been involved with uh, a lot of event organization and whatnot. You must be, I'd imagine you, you, well, I don't know how you actually feel about what's happened uh, with the Meet Magento organization <laughs> and all that. I, I, I'd imagine you have thoughts on it one, <laughs> one way or another, but you've uh, both of you Don't guys make have, that the only thing, the first thing he has to say. I know, Just that, tell that, him to say hello. <laughs> yeah, say, say hello, guys. Say hello. So... <laughs> The thing is, there. Um, if we talk about that, we probably easily talk more than 30 minutes about that. And yeah. so there's no yeah. space for Mage One. So that would be a pity. 
but still, there is a blog post about my opinion about uh, what happened to Meet Magento, especially in Germany. So if you want to know more about that, just go ahead. It's neoshops.de, and there's a blog post about that. Perfect. But huh. now let's talk about Mage One. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and that's what and that's what we are here today to discuss. Uh, there is, uh, we've brought it up on a number of occasions, but we haven't ever gotten into detail, and we didn't really have the knowledge or the insight to be able to speak about it with authority. And that's why we've uh, brought these two uh, wonderful gentlemen on today to talk about it. Uh, Magenta One, if you haven't heard, is reaching its end of life in June 2020, uh, oft delayed uh, and uh, four years in the making, but we're finally at the end of life of Magenta One in the next uh, in the next seven or eight months. You have a decision to make and part of making that decision is what you'll do after June is come and gone. And so... Uh, one of those options could be that maybe you're deciding to stay on Magento One. A lot of people are talking about that. And if you were to stay on Magento One, you might be looking for long-term support. And so Mage One is an organization uh, that uh, is founded by Fabian and Rico that uh, and supported by a number of people in the community that are looking to provide paid long-term support and engagement for your Magento One store. And I guess that would be a great segue into why it exists and how it works. Um, Fabian, do you want to give us, you know, tell me, was that a correct and accurate assessment of uh, what Mage One is and what it's about? Yes, um, it is. Um, Magento One, uh, no, sorry. Mage One is about um, um, providing long-term support for the Magento Core. So in other words, um, extending what Adobe is currently providing. If there is a security hole, um, they fix it. And if a PHP version is running out of support, they make sure that um, Magento 1 uh, runs on the next PHP version. Right. Um, and so um, what are your... I mean, so you guys both are seeing demand from... Uh, you know, This is something I've been really interested in because I think a lot of people are going to stick on M1 um, you know, it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. Um, Rico, are you, you guys seeing a lot of demand from what, what's the conversation that you see people having around this? Should I move to M2? What, what should I move to another platform? What, what does that decision process look like with the merchants that you're uh, talking with day to day? So the thing is that um, we didn't found the company. And by the way, I just want to shout out to the other founders as well, because it's not just Fabian and me. There's also Carmen and two Tobiases. So shout out to you guys. Um, but we didn't create um, this idea because we thought mm. it might be a good idea to keep Magento 1 up and running and uh, secure. Uh, we just saw demand because we were talking to merchants and they said, you know, guys, we have the problem that we have a Magento 1 shop. It's perfect, so we don't want to change anything. But Magento drops support, so what should we do? And we said, okay, what we could do is think about um, creating a, a project or probably um, finding a way to um, help Adobe supporting Magento for the next years. And so at the end, um, what happened was that Adobe really said, okay, we have no interest in Magento 1 anymore. So there are no resources. Um, we just focus on Magento 2. and the merchants were still there worldwide. And we saw that uh, there's a lot of demand and we think that we can do something about that. So we were creating the idea, we were creating the project and then we saw that we need a company for this. And that's where we are right now. So we do have the company 
we have the idea. Um, we are currently building our plans, the platform. We are forming partnerships. And so basically, this is what we do. You know, just uh, taking that demand and um, creating a, a service out of that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, um, that, that makes a ton of sense because, yeah, it would be one thing if you were just inventing this because it seemed like a good idea, but you're really just uh, responding to demand. And I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm optimistic about your ability to do the security patch thing. I think a, mm. a, a large majority of the security vulnerabilities were reported by the community in the first place even under Magento Corporate. Um, that said, they did you know, fund a bug bounty program, um, which I think is probably helpful. H- have you guys thought about whether you might uh, fund a bug bounty program or how, you know, like how that might work? Um, yes. So um, we, the, the plan is to um, just overtake the um, bug bounty program, which Adobe offers currently. When Adobe stops it, most likely on 3rd of June next year. Um, And then, um, yeah, just extend it. Um, And hopefully... And will um, they just give you access? Have you talked to them? Are they going to just literally give you access to the actual uh, bug bounty account on HackerOne or whatever it is? Are they... um, We didn't ask them. And um, everything we asked was more or less um, with a negative answer. So like um, supporting (laughs) enterprise um, customers. Um, And the the second problem is that the Adobe account is a a big one. So I don't think they can split off the Magento stuff technically from the Adobe stuff. So we just create a new um, HackerOne account and, um, and more or less copy everything over. And um, yeah, then um, give out mm. bug bounties, and hopefully uh, we can even increase the bug bounties because um, the demand, and not, not um, uh, we want to uh, raise the interest of the security researchers in Magento One to make sure that all little bugs are found. Nice. So let, can I can I ask a, a couple sort of merchant centric questions? The the first would be uh, so. You know, if I wanted to, you know, engage you, what am I? Ex- what should I expect? What is a reasonable sort of length of term for support? Am I? Can I expect that you'll be around for a year or two years or ten years? Or, you know, what is the length of time that you're planning to set up the Mage One organization? So at the moment, um, we have a clear statement that we will do this service for uh, the next five years. Okay. So if you decide to um, yeah, opt in for Magento 1 security with Mage 1, then you can um, just rely on us for five years. And, you know, five years in e-commerce business, it's, wow. It's a, a long time. time. And it's absolutely a long time. And I'm pretty sure that most of the merchants um, have enough time in these five years to migrate to other platforms. Um but still, after five years, we will see again. If there is demand, then we might have to find a solution for that, uh, how, whatever the solution might be. But uh, still, we are there, and um, right now, the merchants can count on us. Is there a precedent uh, in you know in other organizations or other uh, open source communities for having this sort of extend extenuation or extension of support from uh, you know a or pledge of support from an organization that's not the originator of the code base? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. 
Um, currently, we only talk to uh, the Typo 3 community. Um, and mm. thanks to mm. them, um, we find a way mm. um, how we would like to set up everything and um, how to make prices. And they or Matthias Schreiber, the CEO of the uh, of the Typo 3 company behind the association, um, gave us a lot of input and ideas um, what we could do. And uh, a lot of them we took over, and some of them we don't. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, one of the big um, one of the big discussion points we had with him was that Typo Three is super easy because they have the association behind them, and the the association decided we want to do that, and we are. I don't know whether the company existed or they created it, but um, there is a company, and our association company will take care of that. And um, yeah, taking over a project for, from another company um, gives a lot of. Um, I don't want to say problems, but um, thank you. That word I'm looking for. A lot of challenges um, to take challenges. care of. And um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I yeah. hope that we are in the future able to talk more with Adobe, but um, currently it looks like that we are fiddling out everything on ourselves and that's fine as well. We'll, we'll find a way to support everyone who wants to stay on Magento 1. Nice. Do you have any estimates like day one when you start, like how many merchants you're going you're gonna to be going live with right out of the gate? So uh, when you talk about merchants we go live with, it sounds like uh, we provide a new kind of software, right, but actually right. we're not um, having merchants uh, migrate to a mage one version. So the only thing that we do is we will do what Adobe currently does for the Magento one community edition or open source edition. So basically we will provide um, security updates. If there is a security bug, we will make sure that uh, within 30 days we have a patch for that. And if there is a new version of, I don't know, Apache, PHP, MySQL, right. Nginx, whatever, that Magento 1 will still run of these new platforms. And um, so uh, currently we have a lot of interest, but we just founded the company. So, you know, we are Germans right. <laughs> and the Germans usually just wait till every legal stuff is done the right way mm. and then we can start making contracts. So. Um, we plan to open up the platform cool. for contracts with our merchants and partners uh, beginning of 2020. <laughs> so after that, uh, if you are still interested in numbers, I can give you a thumb up or thumb down, I think, in the first quarter <laughs> of 2020. But right now, there is a high demand from both um, the merchant side and hosting providers, um, extension developers awesome. and stuff like that. So um it looks like a very successful project. In 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 let's continue to talk a little bit about scenarios. So, uh, what can a merchant expect you to deliver? So you're not delivering a new piece of software. They don't have to migrate their Magento core to some new core that you're supporting. And I know that that's a that seems to be something that a lot of uh, confusion remains around because I think there are other projects that are looking to support an LTS version that. You know, might be a separate version of Magento. You're talking or about code Open Mage, base by the for, way. for them to migrate yeah. to. What does Mage One do that's yeah. different than that? Open Mage or Magento LTS. There's a, there's a few projects out yeah. there that 
uh, have been, you know, that, that are talked about on Twitter, at least. I, I don't know how active they are. Uh, but what does Mage yeah. 1 do? Let's uh, have two words about Mage 1 and what we do, and then another two words about OpenMage. Okay. Um, so what we do is providing patches. That means you don't have to change your core. Um, okay. You, um, If you want to become a Magento a Mage 1 customer, um, your current Magento 1 should run on the latest Magento version, which is out when Adobe shuts down the support, which will most likely be something like 1.9.4.6 or 1.9.6 or something, uh, 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, then you can just apply the patches we provide. So there is no maintenance or onboarding or migration or anything. Um, we right. you just apply all the patches Adobe gives you, and then you start applying all the patches we give you, which I think okay. is the easiest. And um, you currently the plan is to um, provide patches as a patch file and as a zip file. So whatever you are currently doing and your process is to apply the patches or um, or remove the complete core and then install a new zip file. Some companies do that. Um, that's up to you how you want to apply the changes. Um, yeah. Okay. How does the how does that differ from OpenMage? Um, the uh, the target, our target, and the or the goal, our goal and the goal of OpenMage are um, quite. Uh, are um, a little bit different. So um, OpenMage will do what the goal is. They do what we do and they do more. Um, and they are um, want to fix security bugs. They want to fix mm. feature bugs. They want to fix um, performance bugs. And they want to implement uh, new features. But the big problem mm. with OpenMage or uh, OpenMage is currently... Um, a community-run project, and um, they get patches, and it's a good living project. But the big problem with security is that if you ask me, it needs to uh, it needs to be uh, funded. And uh, currently, I don't know whether there exists any funding strategy for OpenMage uh, or whether they stay uh, an open source project, which is a lovely project, but. Um, yeah, in, in the end, um, we are giving our best, um, our time and our money um, to security. And OpenMage is giving their time. And um, and if no one finds time to fix a bug, then it's a problem. And in the first place, the bug needs to be reported. And the question is, um, if you don't pay the security researcher, if the bug is uh, reported in the first place. Hmm. So, so this is a interesting, uh, an interesting point of note and differentiation that, you know, I think a lot of the, the concern that Magento or the, the Adobe uh, organization has tried to point out is that in a world that you're unsupported, in a world of an unsupported platforms, um, the threat of, you know, finding more security issues and you know that are alive in the wild or what we might call a zero day vulnerability um would be exaggerated would be you know greater than the threat we have today in a supported world and so i guess my question to you would be 
is you're anticipating that the existence of a continuation of bug bounty ecosystem would effectively provide the same level of coverage that we have today to incentivize white hat and gray hat researchers to have a responsible means of disclosure and um, so thereby you know hoping to eliminate you know a, a world where we have hundreds and hundreds of zero day vulnerabilities after June 2020 am I do I have that right did I am I understanding that correctly uh, yeah so sorry Rico yeah I just wanted to say that uh, at the end of the day the comparison between um, open mage and their project mage LTS so it's Basically, the same Open Mage is the community, and Mage LTS is their project. Okay, is um, it's a matter of seriousness and reliability. And if you have a community-driven project, then whenever you have a problem, there must be someone um, in their free time that investigates the problem, fixes the problem, and provides a solution. So, and if this is a community-driven project, it might work, but it's not granted. And for you as a merchant, you need a granted solution that you can rely on. And that is the problem here. And the other point is because you ask about that initially, do they have to migrate to something? So OpenMage mm. is already a fork of Magento a few years ago, and it's not the official code base of Magento anymore. So if you want to use OpenMage in the future, you have to migrate to OpenMage. And uh, they already had new features. Uh, they had bug fixes for... Um, basically process flow bugs or usability bugs or stuff like that. So whenever you have something in place that already fixes it in your shop for mm, your needs mm. and you migrate to OpenMage, then this might interfere in some way and you had to figure it out in any way. And so at the end, migrating to OpenMage um, is just a different thing. And if you want to have a reliable service, um, then you need a company that is uh, funded in right. any way and that also takes care of what you just asked, the right. uh, yeah, bug bounty. Sense. So we do have money for the bug bounty, so we will do the bug bounty. While OpenMage doesn't have money, so they can't do the bug bounty. That's mm. the biggest problem I see there. Okay. There, there was a, a time a long, 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 long time ago. I'm, I'm, I'm talking 2009, maybe. Um, I took a Magento training from Matthew Turland, who was a PHP guy at the time. Um, and so I'd done a lot of Zen framework work at that point in time. And, uh, I had recently launched a Magento, I think in 2008, I'd launched Magento one community site and, uh, things were going well, but I felt like I needed to learn more. And, uh, so, you know, I, I'd met Matt Turland and he had a, a webinar training and he was talking about forking Magento in 2009, <laughs> <laughs> 2009 and uh and his chief reason being that magento was too slow and um and i i feel like this conversation around magento forks has existed as long as magento has and the you know it doesn't surprise me that there is a fork that sort of exists and is somewhat supported i think it's really important to draw the distinction for people then to say that you know this is not a fork um, this is, this is, you know, effectively the same. It sounds like it's the same in practice as what you might get from Magento support day to day today. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, let's, let's kind of role play a little bit. Uh, Kaylin, I'm, I'm kind of hogging all this. Sorry. Do you, do you want to no, 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 shot no. in here? No, uh, no, 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 no. Keep going. So, man. so let's say that 
you know, there, there's a, there is a zero day. What is the, uh, you know, let's say mage cart sort of persists and some zero day vulnerability happens and, and, and you're made aware of it. What is the SLA for support once you're made known of, uh, an issue and, uh, and like what, what can a merchant expect as far as support from the mage one project? Okay. Um, assuming, um, someone reports, uh, zero day to us, then, um, there are there might be uh, Magento customers who need to fix that within 30 days because they are processing credit cards on their own mm. and they want to be or they need to be PCI compliant. So that is our timeline. Uh, we want to provide to provide a patch within 30 days. Um, but beside that, um, our current plan is um, to implement a um, QPS, a quick protection system, which is a Magento module um, you install in your shop and it acts like a, a web application firewall. So mm. we can update remotely uh, the signature of the attack, which might happen. Um, so we can, uh, if you want to, to run this module, um, we can update it today um, after analyzing the attack, but before providing a patch. Um, nice. And then uh, your shop is secure and we can um, make a good patch, test it accordingly in different setups. And then um, provide it to you, so you get a good patch and security um, before that. Yeah, Not that, that, bad. that's a really great answer. Not bad at all, Kalen. Sorry, I've been hogging a lot of this. Go right ahead. Oh no, it's totally fine. I, I mean, uh, you can you can you can keep going if you have more questions. Um, I um, yeah, I mean, I, the the thing, the security thing makes sense. The um, the um, kind of the business model makes sense. I guess one thing I'm curious about is, you know, Rico, you kind of mentioned like there's a five-year time horizon, kind of see how things work out. Most likely probably expect people to migrate somewhere else by then. Is this a is this a business that you're like, hey, this is hopefully this will grow and become a, you know, become a good sized business that we can, you know, as the founding team that, you know, you can jump in with both feet. Um to this, to a, to a growing business, or do you kind of see this as just a temporary measure to kind of help merchants out for a few years that you, you expect to go away? Obviously, like you said, you won't know until you know what the actual demand is, but I'm just curious how you guys see this. Mm, Why you ask this question, I'm already smiling. <laughs> um, now the thing is... Um, we do see uh, a specific uh, time horizon for Magento One, but um, the the business model that we have is supporting software that um, is end of life, and the developing company wants to drop support. But just in many cases, I mean, we we saw this in in different uh, communities, not just e-commerce, also CMS. Mm-hmm. Um, So we already think about probably creating a business model out of that and probably supporting other systems as well, because at the end, it's just about um, understanding the code with a little help from from the uh, original uh, creator of the software. And I think that might be easier with other companies compared to Adobe, (laughs) but uh, still that might be a sustainable business model here. So probably in five years, we will not support Magento 1 anymore because no one is using Magento 1 anymore. And that's fine for us Mm. because we created this company and this idea was born because people said, 
we love Magento. And we thought, yeah, we love Magento too. Mm. And we were just, we just want to make sure that they still can run their Magento shop. It's still secure. It can run on PHP 8. It can run on uh, Apache 3 if uh, that is uh, that mm. is requested. And um, if they all migrated to um, other platforms or to Magento 2, or if they just shut their shop, I don't care because uh, then there might be other opportunities. So in that case, um, well, I, I would just like yeah. to point out, you did say that you love Magento too, but I think what you meant was uh, we love Magento also. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. that's a just joke. To I, yeah. So to be honest, you know, um, I'm working yeah. with Magento too, as you know, and uh, Magento 2 is, is an interesting piece of software. Yeah. Um, I still think it's not there where it could be. But to be honest, Magento 1 in its earliest version right. wasn't where it is right now. Yeah. So um, if you think about Magento 1.3, um, wow. Yeah. And now we have Magento 2.3. Let's see what yeah. Magento 2.6 yeah. is all about. And probably it's a much better piece of software, much faster, easier, uh, PWA and so on. So there's a long journey for Adobe and see what they do with this, um, with this software. Probably they just take it apart and integrate it into the um, experience cloud, or they just keep the Magento Open Source Edition. I have no idea, but um, uh, still, I think there is some potential that um, Adobe can take and make uh, something valuable out of Magento too, as well. Uh, I think that that's a really uh, level-headed answer to it, and I think that you know we had to sort of address the Magento one to versus Magento two uh, argument. My my sort of cynical side and I'm sort of known for saying stuff like this I apologize but if somebody you know if somebody has had the last four years to kind of decide not to be on Magento 1 um, kind of knowing that this was coming uh, the end of life was coming at some point um, and they hadn't made the decision in the last four years I don't know that I'm so sympathetic I'm not very hopeful that they will make a yeah, I don't know. I don't know in the next four years that they're gonna make a decision to not be on Magento One again. Um so I yeah, I do think that you'll have a business or you will have a uh, a market, but I'm I'm concerned that, you know, that this just prolongs the inevitable. Um, right? That businesses should grow up and <laughs> nothing lasts forever. Uh but yeah. You know what happened with the GDPR in Germany? Mm. Um we already knew that years ago. <laughs> no one took care. And then there was the final day. And then everyone was like, oh, my God. Just like and, that. Um, <laughs> I think this happened with Magento once. So, you know, it's, right. it's people know that, but it's not that uh, evident. It's, it's, it's like a climate crisis. Yeah, Everyone knows that we really have right. a mm, huge problem, but no one cares at the moment because it's not evident to us. So, um until it starts yes. raining fire from, from the sky and then, and then people will take it seriously. Right. Yeah. Um, that was, that was not funny. I should have talked light, lightly about uh, you, you. No, I, 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 I it's yeah. true though. Like until it affects you, it's not real. Right. And that's, that's what it comes down to is uh, there, you know, it's it'll become real to a lot of merchants in in a hurry. Uh, I also think you know, if I'm being really honest, doing things on mm -hmm. in Magento One can be very painful. Um, 
you know, you know you, how you, it needs to be done compared to Magento 2. How, oh, that's true. Yeah, if you're already on Magento 1, it's, it's what yeah, you understand totally. and know, right? Yeah. Now, the thing is also, um, our service isn't free. To be honest, um, Adobe is currently providing, at least for uh, open right. source customers, a, a free service. So they have some cross-financing mm. uh, with trainings, enterprise licenses, and so on. But uh, we can't provide that service for free. Yeah, because it just doesn't work. We have to pay for the bug bounty and we, we, we don't have any other income here. So in that case, um, this is also something that makes it pretty obvious to you that you probably have to change something. Yeah. So it's not that you can continue like you did the last years. Um, so there is a change and it's pretty evident and obvious to you that it changed in um, yeah, mid of next year. And and I think you know these price points that I'm seeing on the site here, uh, the revenue uh, band pricing. You know these are price points that you know a merchant, a smaller business that's not you know in the mid market, tens of millions of dollars. These seem like really reasonable prices that they can afford, and that makes sense. And they kind of been getting these things for free, but they're they've also been you know kind of. Um, somewhat ignored uh, by, you know, by the Magento product in the sense that it's it's moving up market and things like that. So it's almost it's almost good that they can, um, you know, pay these rates uh, to a company that is dedicated to servicing their specific needs, and their rates are are very reasonable. Um, so I think that I think yeah. that you know makes a lot of yeah. sense. I I wonder how many you know will actually become more accustomed to the idea of paying f- for support of a otherwise free product based on the existence of something like Mage One in the world. Uh, it should exist. Have you heard any feedback from merchants or prospective you know, prospective customers of yours about the way that you've laid out the pricing and like how did you arrive at at uh, the pricing of you know being around store revenue, uh, I, I know that that tracks very closely to how Magento provides its its pricing. But effectively, if you're providing patches, shouldn't the patch that you deliver for a million dollar store be the same as a you know five hundred thousand dollar or fifty thousand dollar store? Um, what, what's your what's your rationalization behind that? I think we are all, all our founders are a part of the Magento community and um, Magento is an open source and a free product. And uh, we think that if you earn more money and uh, make more revenue with your shop, it's only fair to give you a bigger uh, part of the, of the share. Um, the maintenance for the future will cost. So um, we right. think that is fair, and um, we talked a lot about that. And um, a lot of these revenue-based models are highly discussed. But I think the big difference uh, is that normally, to be honest, I don't know what Magento costs, but I would assume one percent or three percent or something of your revenue, and we start a lot, lot lower. So um, if you are um, in the lowest rate, we are like 0.3% or something of your revenue. And um, it decreases even more if the revenue um, increases. So we think this model is not only fair, but um, although um, totally accurate um, to, uh, 
to distribute the costs of the of the bug bounty and the infrastructure and all the work um, between the community. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's fair. I, I wonder if there's you know criticism there because there's been criticism of how that's you know how that's being uh, oh. monetized in Magento. As long as you don't oh, yeah. have a merchant selling gold bullion with three percent gross margins, I, think, really. <laughs> I, I know from experience those types of merchants don't like revenue share. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Someone told me that if we are sell- selling hardware, we are talking about a margin of a half a percent or something. Yeah, wow. so um, that is really. Wow. Um, and uh, thanks for repeating the question um, I didn't answer. Um, I talk with a lot of merchants um, and not a single one discussed the pricing model with me. They only ask for what the price is and I tell it to them and uh, not a single one asks for um, why that and why revenue-based or anything. Mm. They just are happy um, for the for a price. Germany for support, is a great... Germany is a great place. I mean, customers are just like they don't complain. They want to. They got the money. Totally agree. Everything's fair. Every you know, like it's beautiful thing. Yes, um, but the interesting thing is that uh, I discussed with um, I personally discussed with um, Australian merchants, with Austrian merchants, with Hawaiian merchants, Mm. and with something Asian. And we had Ireland, Ireland and Scotland, I think. Oh, that's also awesome. there. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I no, think I can totally imagine merchants seeing this and going, yeah, no brainer. Um, I guess I do wonder from a you from an onboarding flow, if they can just sign up and pick a drop down on their revenue size, they might just if they don't know you personally, they might just pick the lowest revenue band if there's no enforcement of 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 it and then just download the patch that they need kind of a thing do you have any any way to enforce that or is it just going to be kind of a kind of an honesty on what's the word i'm looking for honesty policy i mean you can be Uh, sure that um we have our ways to figure out whether our merchants are honest to us or not (laughs) gotcha (laughs) i would assume so yeah uh, I, I do think, in, at least in the world of open source, you know, you yeah, can't tightly control everything, um, you know, and 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 one would hope that somebody that's willing to pay for a service would also be willing to evangelize the service that they're getting value from, and you know, be a good uh, customer of the service. So you kind of have to extend a little trust, right? Yeah. Um, beside the fact that uh, we are monitoring numbers, um, the I think the biggest problem is that if um, they are, what is the verb of fraud? Frauding mm-hmm. us. Um, so if, if they are um, right. unfair to us, we are unfair to them, and um, we just cancel their contract. Yeah. So if they don't want to have uh, patches anymore, got it. That's the way to go. Fair enough. There's, is there a, uh, I guess I have to ask you one last question and then Kaylin, I'll, I'll let you have the final word. Um, you know, w- w- what do you do in this, in the world where, uh, you know, m- very few people run Magento vanilla. Uh, there's usually plugins and some other parts of the Magento, you know, you know, 
the Magento platform that are part of what a merchant might consider their Magento, but it's not necessarily Magento, right? It's, it's Amnesty, it's a Headworks, it's you know a whole ecosystem of third-party plugins or services that they have uh, that's glued into the Magento platform. Um, I'm assuming that you're not covering those, but how would you how would you approach a situation where you know Amnesty and Headworks aren't supporting a you know module ecosystem for Magento One anymore? Uh, post end of live. Have you thought about that? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. If if you want, to go ahead, Fabian. Just go ahead. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, um, we don't have the manpower to take care of all the uh, modules which are out there, um, be them open source or commercial. And our wish is, um, if a company decides to stop supporting um, their um, their support for Magento 1 uh, for their modules. And it would be great if they just dump them on GitHub um, and uh, the community can take can take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be lovely. Beside that, we are giving our best to form partnerships um, with the uh, most important um, module vendors and especially payment and shipment providers to make sure mm-hmm. that this works in the future. If you and oh, no, at the end, I... you can still um, just let me add one thing here. Yeah. Um, as we all know, the as, and as you said, Magento isn't run uh, out of the box, so you always have customization. So small merchants usually just use uh, third-party extensions that are out there on on marketplaces or whatever. But larger merchants also have their own code base, so um, they develop their own extensions, um, highly individual code. And they already have the code ownership for that. So they have to make sure that this is uh, secure, performant, and up-to-date with the latest platforms. So at the end, a merchant can always think about um, just taking the ownership of the code of a third-party application that stops um, support for Magento 1. So this is also a possibility. Okay. This this is all, you've actually kind of convinced me. (laughs) You've convinced me. I came into this being very skeptical. I sent you the contract right after this. Yeah, yeah, send it to me. Send it to me. I I think that there's, uh, if I were to be, you know, if I were to tell you how to, uh, one way to grow this would be to uh, work with the technology uh, partners and the Magento solution uh, solution partners, systems integrators, to make this an official part of their like offboarding. Um, of the Magento One ecosystem, you have seven, eight months to get those official partnerships in place and let them sell it for you. Uh, because you know, if something digital had any Magento One clients left, which we don't, we've worked for four years to 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 make that happen. Um, but if we did, uh, we would be very uh, you know, we would be very keen to try to provide some continuation of support that's not putting us you're, you're not uh, for doing one work, you know. Does it doesn't make us the? Uh, I don't know, like. Yeah, we're not on the hook. I, I don't know how to say that the nice way. Yeah, like we don't want to be responsible. <laughs> so having someone else that is willing to take on the responsibility and is capable, right? I mean, two two known names or a host of known names in the ecosystem that you know are that have been around for ten years and you know are at the highest level of capability. Like those are the people we want to trust and and. Um, so I think you've convinced me. Uh, if people want to find out more about Mage One, we we are out of time. I, I hate to cut it short here, but uh, I'd love to point people in your direction. Where can we send people to to find out more information about Mage One? 
Rico. Okay, Fabian doesn't want to answer that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, H. It's uh, mageminus1.com and um, yeah, we're currently um, building the platform for our merchant contracts. We are uh, working on uh, blog posts to help merchants figure out which partnerships we do have, um, if their extension is still supported and all that stuff. So um, be prepared. It's uh, coming, I'm pretty sure, at the beginning of 2020. If there are any questions, you can always reach out by email, info at mageminus1.com or send us um, a tweet. It's uh, mage underscore uh, one Very underscore com. Cool. Oh, a little cheesy uh, yeah. Twitter handle, unfortunately, but okay. And um, yeah, that's it. No, that's great. Uh, thank you so much, Fabian. Thank you so much, Rico. And uh, it's been a, a real pleasure to finally get you on the show. <laughs> and uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we've got. Thanks for listening to Mage Talk. Uh, peace out, Cub Scout. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.